Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to my podcast, The Adventures of Flash, the true life adventures, really. This is the second episode, and it is entitled, Once I Lived in a Haunted House. It was a few decades ago, in my younger years, I ran across the vacant house that I drove past every day. It was one of your older Victorian houses that was two-story, but... I really loved it. I felt really drawn into it. Everyone that had lived in the house except an old lady back when I was a kid that lived there, everybody that moved in there after that would move in real quick and then they'd move out in a week or uh, a day sometimes. They all came and gone. It was a big old giant house. It was built around the turn of the century. It was so super, man. I loved that place, man. This old lady that lived there, I guess the original owner, she was probably like a 100 years old when I was a kid. So you can get the idea about how old the house is. There was three other old ladies that lived there after she did, and, and they was there for a good while. But after they passed in that house, as did the original owner, then everybody that, like I said, that moved in, moved out real quick. I guess they all died of old age. I don't know. It was kind of spooky, people, and this is when the story really gets weird. That house, like I told you, drawed me in. I passed it every day. I lived down the road. I stopped one day when I was coming home from work. I looked in the windows. I looked all around the property. The grass was growed up, the foliage was overgrown, the hedges and everything. You could tell it had been unkept for a good while. All of a sudden, a voice rang out when I was looking in the window on the back porch. I almost fell off that dang porch, man. I looked around, and there's an old man walking stooped over, heading straight towards me. Dang, he must have been 90. He might have been 100. I don't know. He said, hey, boy, what you doing here? No one is supposed to be here. I responded to him by saying, I was wondering, sir, who owns this house and if it might be for sale? (laughs) He laughed the most bizarre laugh that I've ever heard. He said, don't no one want you here, and they're still living here. I just thought he was some kind of kook or something, you know. I said, okay, Pop, do you own it? He said, no, just like I told you. They they live here. They still live here. Well, you know, as you could plainly see, all you had to do is look in the windows. There's no curtains on the windows, no shades, nothing inside to amount to anything. Yep, you guessed it. He had to be a nut. Well... I glanced over at him, and I said, oh, okay, I'm, I'm out of here. I just thought that maybe that he had owned it because he was going to try to run me off. Well, for some reason, I couldn't quit thinking about that house. I thought about that house all the time, man, and I even had dreams about the house, but all the dreams was good dreams, so... Man, I was really interested in it and really wondering who owned it, if I could get a hold of them. Well, one day I was driving out, and 
the neighbors across the road, the lady was going to her mailbox. I pulled over. I said, ma'am, uh, can you tell me who owns that house? She said, well, I hadn't lived here for very long. Me and my family hadn't lived here for very long, but the mailman did accidentally put a letter in our mailbox the other day, and it's got a name on it with that address. So I wrote it down, and it was it ended up being a relative of the original owner of the house. They lived in a town that wasn't too far away. So you guessed it, I got ready to take a road trip. Man, I pulled up in their driveway. I thought, wow, wonder how this is going to come out. But as you know, Flash always loves an adventure. Yep. I love those adventures. So I headed up to the door. I knocked on the door for, it seemed like it must have been 15 minutes, man, when all of a sudden the door opened. It was a middle-aged woman. I introduced myself and told her why I had came over. Then I started talking about the house, and I told her, I don't know why, but I'm just kind of drawn into the house, and I'm interested in it. She said, yes, uh that was my uh, deceased mother-in-law and father-in-law's house, and they're gone now, and me and my husband owns it. Well, I told her, hey, is it for sale? I might be interested. So then she got real eager. I said, can I look at it and see if it could be restored? She said, hey, we'll sell it to you. Here's the keys. If you like it, it's yours. I said, what? Well, what's the price? She said, oh, we're not worried about that. The inside is in immaculate condition. And if you like it, move right in. Then if you want it, we will sell it to you super cheap. Well, I thought, hey, this is too good to be true. But I said, okay, I'll check it out. I headed back to the house about an hour drive from where the owner I just came from. I arrived, I jumped out of that truck, man. I headed on up there to the door. I jumped up on that porch, I walked inside, but I could feel a feeling of euphoria or deja vu come over me, man, like, man, I've been there before. When I got inside, I was surprised. It, was, it shocked me, man. It looked perfect, like I just stepped into the early 1900s. I surveyed the property all around. I looked in every room, everywhere. There was a fireplace in the living room and another fireplace upstairs in the den next to the bedroom. Man, this is great. Well, back then, there wasn't no cell phones. So I locked the house back up and I hurried to the payphone as fast as I could. There was a grocery store right down the street. I called her and said, hey, look, I love it. How much? She said, well, son, we've had a lot of folks move in and leave quickly, so I want you to be satisfied with it so you can live there free for six months. Then if you want it, we will sell it to you, like I told you, super cheap, and you can pay it like rent, a small amount each month. I said, okay, it's a done deal. <laughs> man, yeah. The next few weeks, I cleaned it up perfect, man. I fixed it up. I started putting my things into it. I placed a padlock on all the doors, man, because I thought, well, I know there's a lot of keys to it, and I can change the locks later. Right now, I'm just getting a few things in here. I'm going to fix it up, and uh, I'm going to put padlocks on it. 
Well, I had to go to the paint shop and get some paint. And when I come back, the doors were standing wide open. The lock was unlocked, hanging in the class. All the locks were like that. Ooh, well, hmm. Maybe somebody come and pick the locker. Maybe somebody got a skeleton key. Well, this was the beginning of it all. That was something else right there. I chalked it off to my imagination, but I really knew better. That was the first occurrence. Well, I loved the house anyway. Uh, it was just what I wanted, man. It was probably going to be, I think that was going to be like my second house that I ever had of my own. I was young. Yeah, I was supposed to get married in a few weeks. So I lived there for a few weeks by myself. Nothing happened. You know, it was no occurrences. And so then I got married and we both moved in together. And it was a great, happy time in the house. Then one night, we was fast asleep. I was awakened by something that brushed up against my arm, and I looked up, and there was a woman in a white robe, a long white robe, walked past me, and she had black hair, kind of long hair, and had kind of had it up in a bun or whatever, man. But you could tell it was long because the bun was rolled up in a bunch of rolls. The moon was shining in the window so I could see her real good. The door was open between the bedroom and the den. We were sleeping in the upstairs bedroom at that time. So I jumped up out of the bed. I headed up in there to the den there as fast as I could go, man. I looked all around. I looked under the, all the beds and all the closets, but there wasn't nobody there. Well, maybe I was dreaming. That freaked me out. But I just chalked it off, too. It's maybe it's my imagination, or I just dreamed it. Well, after that happened, then we started hearing a lot of noises in the other ba upstairs bedroom that was by us. Arguing, cussing, yelling, all that, man, commotion. The, in the kitchen, the drawers would open, and you could hear them open and shutting by themselves. The commodes would flush on their own. Now we begin to get scared. All this wasn't our imagination. By this time, it had been about five months we had been there. I was determined to stay there and buy this cheap house that was almost a show place. By now, I decided to return to the relatives of the original owner. One night, the weather was completely clear and starry out. We were laying in bed talking. All of a sudden, the worst racket I ever heard in my life, right up over our bed in the ceiling, like someone rattling tin. But it was amplified like a hundred decimals, just deafening to your ear. I ran, I ran across the room. I looked up. I ran outside. I looked all around. I couldn't see anything. But those voices was back in that other bedroom. When I came back inside, I could hear them. So... I ran into that bedroom, man, as fast as I could go. I headed in that bedroom. Uh, there was a set of them pull-down stairs in, in that bedroom that led to the attic. I pulled them down. I had a flashlight. I pulled them down. I ran up them stairs. I stuck the flashlight up there, and I started to stick my head up there. And Yeah, folks, you guessed it.
splash chickened out. It just a uh, cold chill went down my back, and I didn't go up there. Now I wish I had her, but maybe I wouldn't have wished I had if I did. <laughs> so I didn't do it. Well, man, uh, this house is this house is really growing on us, even though all these things was happening. In my mind, I thought, oh man, this uh, this still ain't nothing. This is either somebody messing with us, or maybe maybe it is our imagination. Well, wrong. That's wrong right there. I never believed in the paranormal till probably at that moment when I heard that tin rattling up there and all these little things have been happening over and over. The voices began to get worse in the bedrooms at night, waking us up. Uh, then we began to hear breaking glass in the kitchen, but if you got, went in the kitchen, there wasn't no glass. Now, this is almost to the end of our wits here. I go back to the relatives of the owner, and I told him. She said, hey, I know why you're here. I was going to talk to you and tell you. All the people that have lived there has told us the same thing, and we know it, and we know that there's something there. Jim's mother was kind of rough and she had card games every night in that bedroom and she passed away in that bedroom as did the other three old ladies that lived there well then i really began to really get scared man she wanted to move out of the house but i at this time i'd already put quite a bit of money into the house although i hadn't bought it i wasn't paying no rent on the house so i'd put quite a bit of money into it fixing it up and her husband said, hey, uh, I couldn't blame you if you moved out, but, you know, that's on you. Whatever you want to do, you know, that's your, your right to do that. And uh, I said, hey, I got one more question for y'all. I said, is there an, a, a neighbor that lives anywhere around there close that's an old man that walks stooped over? They said, describe him to us. I described him. They both looked at each other and their mouths fell open. They said, hey, that sounds like Jim's grandpa that built that house. Oh, man. At that, you could hear a pin drop in there. And I said, well, I'm determined to stay in this house. Let's go ahead and make a deal on the house. How much? And they said, hey, uh, you can get it for so-and-so. I'm not going to tell you all how much, but it was probably about one-tenth of what the house is actually worth. So then I put all the ghost crap out to the side, and I thought about them profits. So I said, well, I'm staying there. There ain't no ghost or there ain't no spirits going to run me off. It's my house now. So this is the bad part right here. So I headed back on over there, man. We went home. When we got home, nothing happened, man. Uh, we we didn't hear anything else in the house for several more months, and it was in wintertime, man. It was in the wintertime, and it was cold outside. And in the meantime, I brought, I had a black pit bull, a big pit bull, and I had brought him over there. He had been staying at my mother's house with my mother. My mother was older, and I had a big area rug in front of the fireplace and and by this time we had done moved back downstairs to one of the bedrooms and got away from that bedroom upstairs so in the living room downstairs 
in front of the fireplace, we had a big area round rug. So our dog slept on that of a night. So I'd been going to the I'd been going to the pistol range, and we were sitting on the bed. Me and my wife was sitting on the bed, and I was uh, cleaning my gun, and I was unloading my gun, and all of a sudden. Our dog jumped straight up in the air as fast as he could. He ran in the bedroom, knocked the gun out of my hand, and bam, blew my knuckle off. Yep, it blew my knuckle clean off. Went passed straight through, and blood splattered everywhere on the ceilings, the walls, the floor, and started spurting out of my hand. I grabbed a handful of towels, and we headed straight for the hospital at this time. The slug, like I said, passed straight through. But my knuckle was gone. It took hours up to the hospital. The hospital said, well, with all those little b- broken bones, the bullet's not in there, so the best thing to do is just let all them little bones heal up on their own. Finally, I was getting to go home. I told her, hey, we got a mess to clean up at the house. She said, you pulled that clip out of that pistol before that happened, and you injected the one in the chamber out of it. So how did it, did it discharge? I said, I don't know. And that was what I was thinking about, and I was wondering how that happened, too. When we got home, I was dreading to see all that nasty stuff and that nasty scene. Well, we got in there, and we walked into the bedroom. There was no blood anywhere. It was all gone. Oh, no way, I said. We were both scared now, really scared. On the bed laid the pistol. Beside it was the clip. All the shells were accounted for. And beside that, the cartridge I had injected from the chamber. Well, people, that done it. (laughs) That done it. We got busy and we started packing and we moved out. And I hope I never move into another possessed house again. After we moved out, it was quite some time before anybody else moved in. The deal hadn't closed on the house yet, so the people told me that was fine. They wasn't mad about it or anything, so they took the house back. It was a good while before anybody moved back into the house. When they did, they wasn't there but about a week, and they moved back out, and I heard that they had been frightened in that house and had experienced the same kinds of occurrences we did wasn't long after they moved out it was torn down it was a beautiful old home over a hundred years old but with some strange paranormal occurrences i know some of you don't believe in those sort of things but i didn't either before i witnessed them firsthand yep and i even got shot with an unloaded gun in that house and what made my dog jump straight up and knock that pistol out of my hand after that occurrence Till we moved, it was about a week before we got out of there. The dog never quit walking around in the house looking towards that back bedroom and barking and carrying on. Thank God that we made it out. And from then on, I vowed if someone comes up with a super house deal and it's too good to believe, I'm not interested. Thank you guys for tuning in and supporting us. Come on back next week to our podcast, The True Life Adventures of Flash, and maybe we'll have a guest next week, and we'll talk about some more adventures. I appreciate y'all, and make sure y'all like my podcast. 
I love you guys. Good night.